It's episode 19? Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, episode 19. Today we're going to be talking about a topic that is one of our personal favorites and one we wanted to talk about for a long time, which is meditation. And not Marcus Aurelius' meditation, but meditation in the form that you might think of of sitting and being mindful. With that being said, I'm your co-host, Ren. I'm your co-host, Mateo. And let's, well, actually, before we get into it, um, we wanted to just kind of share some observations we've made. Like we said in the previous episode, we did graduate from high school, and so summer, not having to think about, you know, college applications or school, we kind of had time to just work and think about some things. So we wanted to share some observations before we get actually into the meat of today's episode. Um, with that being said, I'll let you get started with anything you've kind of noticed from what I'd say is a blissful break. I think, well, to start, I mean, we've certainly noticed that there's not stress around school anymore. There's certainly, I mean, with that aspect, you you have a lot of assignments, you have a lot of due dates, you have a lot of time crunching, a lot of um, academic mm-hmm. worries, but also um, there's a social aspect to it that certainly becomes a lot more calm as we sort of walk into this area um, of our lives in the summer and that is I guess for me it's and I know for you also it's I mean we don't really have to worry about who we're surrounded with anymore because we now we have that time and location freedom to kind of do what we want when we want we kind of dictate our schedules now it's not dictated by school yeah I think that freedom aspect you mentioned for me it's been intellectual freedom I think for me School is kind of the grind of, yes, schoolwork, but also having to go to school, deal with certain people that you may or may not like. And that's that's for everybody, and I think that um, we both han- handled that well, but it was certainly like a mental effort. And now it's kind of free to, you know, you wake up and you decide what you want to do with your day, and it's, it's great. Um, I know we both have jobs, so we're kind of limited in some of our hours. But for me personally, what I've noticed is that by my own accord I've been kind of isolated and that isolation has allowed me to be really productive and I think that surrounding myself with the right people instead of you know being forced to be surrounded by people who maybe aren't the best or aren't the most productive or bring out the best qualities in me and so by account of that freedom I think it's been great it's been me a more productive person I think it speaks to the mm-hmm. fact that for those who um, maybe are still in school or people who haven't graduated and even people our age who are going to college next year, like, find a sense of that. Even when you get back to school, find a sense of, like, that freedom of time and intellectual freedom so that you're not, like, burnt out, whether it is socially in the social realm of school or just academic-wise. Find those outlets and find that freedom so that you can spend time doing what you enjoy. And that comes with putting yourself first, right? I mean, it's hard to, to find that type of freedom when you're prioritizing things above yourself and events that feel like they are a must but if you put your priorities and your needs first then it's going to be a lot easier to sort of establish like a threshold of freedom for yourself and what that's going to look like for you um and it's also different in school because like we said it's a lot more time constricted but especially now where we have the ability to be isolated to kind of be free of this this schedule that was that's been put on us for years and years and years now we have a little break we have freedom to go out and I know we're working but we get to choose the jobs that we work we get to choose kind of our career and how we make the use of our time and just in that that's calming you know it's kind of relieving to be like I'm on my own terms and it can also be scary like well I don't have a schedule anymore I mean 
it's different. This is the most different summer for me personally because usually I'd be getting ready for sports in the fall and going to practices. I'm still doing school-related activities in the summer, but now going off to college is completely different. There's no schedule with school that's even dictating any part of my summer at all now. It's just preparing for the future. But being in this independent state of mind and just having the ability to think freely, like you said, intellectual freedom, it's very real and it's it hits harder than you think um, at first because it's sort of a shock. You're like, wow, what do I do with all this time, these thoughts? But then once you sort of channel that into a healthy, um, like a, you, you organize it and you sort of sit with it and you meditate on it um, and you sort of start of, to understand how you're feeling and what you're feeling, then it becomes a lot easier. So I think that's kind of a good segue into what meditation is. Mm-hmm. Uh, stoically define what meditation is. Yeah, so um, you brought it up. Meditation. Um, when we visualize meditation, you know, we kind of see people like their legs are crossed, like, you know, that crisscross applesauce, they mm-hmm. got their hands out, like, they're meditating. There's a difference between, yes, that is meditation, but there's a difference between that and what Stoics believed meditation was. Um, Stoics, it's ironic that Marcus Aurelius named his most famous works Meditations. For Stoics, meditation meant reflection. It meant, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to visualize it like journaling, it was more like cognitive-based, you know. Meditation, and I'll define it as like Eastern meditation, that kind of Buddhist sense, those kind of things. Meditation meant a clear mind in that sense. It meant that you cleared your mind and you kind of went into a transcendent state of being above the environment around you. That's... While that's still good, what Stoics define meditation as, like I said, is that mindset-based, that cognitive-based, the reflecting on the day's events and how you reacted to them and how you're thinking about them. And there's benefits to both. And I know you, um, when we were doing our background research on this episode, you kind of specialized in the health benefits. So I don't know if you want to go over those. I mean, yeah, I think it's important to highlight, I guess, if you sort of are looking for a why, like why should I meditate and what what are the benefits? What what am I going to gain from meditating? Um, I can list a few studies that I looked at. Uh, one starting, I'll go in chronological order, was from oldest to newest. One was a 2018 study, uh, fun, a clinical trial funded by the U.S. Department of Defense that essentially was comparing the effectiveness of meditation to other education-based treatments on PTSD and war veterans. And the results that they found was um, that veterans who used meditation... Um, it was more effective and it showed mood improvement and higher quality of life overall in those subjects. And then, so, I mean, obviously PTSD, that's an extreme example, but I think it's the bigger point that we're trying to highlight here is, um, and I'll go into this a little bit deeper with this next study, but there are a lot of mental uh, barriers that seem impossible to overcome, but with with meditation, it's actually a lot easier when you become mindful and again, for me, I think meditation that I would define it for how I practice it. It's being in a state where I can sort of observe my thoughts and emotions without becoming caught up in them or disrupted. It's sort of you put yourself in this third person view of yourself and you sort of observe all the thoughts that are passing through your head and you allow yourself simply to observe them. Um, but then the, there was a 2019 study and this was on sleep. And I thought you would like this because we talk frequently about how sleep is one of the most important tools in cultivating a mind, cultivating your body, just growth overall. And it was an analysis of 18 studies with 1,654 subjects overall, 
and it found that meditation improved sleep quality more than typical education-based treatments, and that can look like cognitive behavior, behavioral therapy treatments um, that are common in studies like that. But then there was a, lastly, there was a 2021 analysis of 23 studies with 1,815 subjects, which was essentially comparing mindful, mindfulness-based intervention to other cognitive behavioral therapy treatments. And this was more based around anxiety and depression and the more common mental health things we see today. And it showed that the short-term effectiveness was higher at reducing the severity of symptoms of anxiety and depression. So if you ask yourself why, why is it important to meditate? Well, those are just a few scientifically backed reasons why meditation is important. Um, you know, anxiety and depression are at higher rates today than they've ever been before. And sleep is something that people are lacking more severely today than ever before. And so meditation, essentially, if practiced correctly, and I don't think there's a correct way to meditate because it looks different for everybody, but I say if you find the correct way for you, the most effective meditation for yourself, then you're going to start to see benefits in other areas of your life that seem to be indirectly connected, uh, or that don't seem to be connected at all, but they are. It's just you have to dig a little bit deeper within yourself to find that. Yeah, you nailed it. I think that there is no correct way to meditate unless it's for yourself. We both have we both meditate in some form, but it looks very different for both of us. But I think we've both found the correct way to do it for ourselves. And I think that's the important thing to highlight is that, you know, there's great scientific studies like you've mentioned that prove that there are health benefits to it. But if you think about it, if you're doing meditation the right way, what's going to result is a sort of inner peace. I think whether it's stoic meditation or whether it's, you know, Buddhist meditation or whatever form of meditation it is, if it's done correctly in a way that, you know, works for you, it's going to bring some level of inner peace to yourself. And I think everybody would prefer a level of inner peace instead of, you know, mental turmoil over the events of the day. Marcus Aurelius actually has a good quote talking about this, saying that you can get away from it anytime you like by going within. Know when you, nowhere you can go is more peaceful than your own soul. Mm-hmm. Aurelius was a man who did daily reflection. Was he sitting there meditating, um, you know, like the Eastern style? No. His form of meditation was writing things down. That's why he named his books Meditations. It was reflecting. And I think that he realized in his own time that through this reflection, you're tapping into your inner thoughts and really your own soul. And I think that there's nothing more peaceful than going throughout your day thinking about what happened, assessing your own thoughts and assessing how you reacted, ultimately coming to the conclusion um, how you made the most of your day. And for me, one of the core tenets that I hold in terms of stoic meditation and my own meditation that I practice is the concept of memento mori. Um, it's something that, you know, is the kind of cliche that's associated with stoicism, but it's something that really ties all the tenets together when you're meditating. It means that in Latin, that remember, you have to die. And it's essentially just keeping yourself in check because you realize that today may be your last day. And it may sound morbid, but I think that Steve Jobs... Um, as I was researching, I found a quote from him in a commencement speech that he said that every morning he looked in the mirror and asked himself, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I am doing today? That's the concept of a memento mori, you know, actually put in action. It's not, you know, oh, I could die today. <coughs> that's, that's so scary. Like, that's not what memento mori is. It's today may be my last day, so I need to make the most of it. And it's making the most of day after day after day. And so if you tie that concept into your meditation, 
whether it's in the morning, how am I going to make the most out of my day, or in the evening, did I make the most out of my day? It's very malleable. And I think that's the whole concept of meditation is that it's very malleable. But if you bend it and make it the right way for you, it brings that sort of inner peace and it brings a sense of fulfillment. Well, I think it's interesting you talked about Aurelius with that and how his meditation was simply reflecting. And it was simply a very, it wasn't, you know, sitting down, legs crossed, your hands in a madra, whatever. It was more, he was going inside his own mind and his own soul by reflecting very deeply and very thoroughly and high, just very precise detail about each and everything that happened to him throughout his life. And I think that is what meditation is, but the way that one can go about that is what's different. Because like you were saying, that more what's considered to be like a traditional Eastern style of meditation would look, you know, legs crossed, hands in some madra and your eyes closed, whether you're hovering above the ground or not, I don't know. But that idea is you're trying to go within yourself further and better understand your thoughts by, and like that's what I was saying, is you're sort of putting yourself into this third person and observing everything objectively. There was no necessarily, there wasn't necessarily emotion. He wasn't, you know, feeling his emotions when he was looking at his thoughts. He was simply observing them and looking at them from an unbiased point of view. And when he, and when Aurelius did that, that's when he sort of had all these realizations. You know, like he was saying, the, the most peaceful thing, or your quote about going inside yourself is the most peaceful thing that you can do and your soul. And so if you can establish that connection within yourself that's deeper and more complex than you've had before and you sort of keep building day by day, I mean, even meditating for five minutes a day is a great start. And that if that's whether that's five minute of five minutes of reflective journaling or, you know, observing or five minutes of sitting down, legs crossed, whatever. But that's also interesting. It brings me to a point that meditation doesn't necessarily have to be one thing because there's this idea of a meditative state, right? And I think what that is, is where you're doing something very calmly without really having to think about it. You're sort of in, it's like a flow state. That's what a meditative state is. It's sort of like when you get into the zone, you know, and you're just letting, it's like there's this, feeling inside of you that you don't know how to explain it and sort of controlling what you're doing that's what a meditative state looks like so even if you are unable to sit down for five minutes or anything like that being finding something that puts you in a meditative state is equally as useful Mm -hmm. and i i just believe that um even if you can't find those five minutes there's something out there that you can do that brings you you know closer to yourself closer to your thoughts and um gives you more of that inner sense of self I think if you can't sit down and do it then build it into your day you know um for me personally I have blocked out time and it's not to criticize people who can't but like I block out time before I go to bed you mentioned that study about how it positively impacts sleep I've noticed that firsthand I think when we went all the way back to you know the beginning of the podcast and I was talking about my new year's resolutions one of them was I need to improve my sleep habits And the way that I did that was, yes, building better sleep habits, building a routine. But part of that was meditation itself. Um, One of the things that I don't do stoically is meditation. I'm not a big journaler. Uh, I'm not somebody who writes things down. I'd I'd probably more fall into the category of Eastern meditation. 
but I've blocked that time out specifically. Um, for people our age, I think it's really easy to block out that time. You have a lot of free time. It's 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 twenty minutes, maybe fifteen, and it doesn't have to be right before bed. It can be any time throughout your day, because whenever you do it, it helps. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's an excuse to say that you don't have time if you're especially our age. Mm-hmm. Um, so just block out that fifteen minute time, and whether it's you sit there and you journal, or you know, you just reflect mentally. Even just yeah, like sitting. And just thinking. Yeah, where you just sit there and you clear your mind. It's It goes back to whatever works for you. And I'll add on that whatever works for you may change from day to day, right? You may have an especially tough day and you just need to clear your mind. I think that while that is maybe more aligned towards Eastern meditation, that still brings in the stoic concept of mindfulness because instead of worrying about the events that happen throughout your stressful day, you're clearing them from your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, Seneca says we suffer more in our imagination than our, in reality. Mm-hmm. And so if you suffered a little bit in reality, you're just going to amplify that by dwelling on it later on. So if you're really stressful today, you need that kind of sense of, I'm just going to sit here and clear my mind. That's fine. If you had a, you know, just a routine day and you're just going to reflect on the events of the day that happened in a journal or just mentally, that's also fine. It's a process and it's a process that, you only know how to do because it works for only you. And so that's why I think it's important for us to share both of our routines and just, you know, the 15 minutes I block out for primarily just sitting there and clearing my mind. It's important to share because these are just two concepts, but they're two of many. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you want to talk about routines, you know, you said you sort of block out that 15, 20 minute period uh, of time. And for me, I guess some it's sort of routinely for me at this point that when I wake up it's one of the first things that I do is I either I have a guided journal from one of my mentors but I also have a blank journal that's simply mine so again the I think that's where stoicism becomes very applicable um, because it's meditation stoically defined is mostly just about being mindful and being reflective and there's many ways to go about that and so I think that's why it's interesting that we've sort of taken, I mean, I've certainly, you know, sat down, legs crossed, and tried to clear my mind and sort of observe my thoughts that way. But you can definitely integrate that Eastern style of meditation and Stoicism together and make it work for you. Because being reflective and being mindful, again, is going to look different for, for each person. And so for me, my routine in the morning is, you know, once I wake up and I shower and I get some water in me, whatever, then I either journal or I just sit down depending on kind of the day. I either journal in my guided journal or I'll sit down and just kind of sit with my thoughts for the day and sort of, I usually try to sit on a certain goal that I have for the day. I meditate on a goal and I really try to, I don't know, I guess manifest it in a way, but it's mostly just putting my energy into that goal that I have for the day or what I want to get out of the day. And I've, that alone has changed what my day feels like in so many ways. I mean, it's, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you know, I've put on 20 pounds of muscle since I started meditating. But what I've noticed is that when you're sort of put in a sticky situation later on in the day, because you've meditated earlier, for me in the morning anyway, since I meditated early, I find it a lot easier to cope and to sort of relax, breathe in, breathe out, and deal with it in a much more civilized and organized manner 
than if I felt more distressed having not meditated. And sometimes if it's a very hard day, I'll meditate before I go to bed. And for me, that looks a little bit more religious. Um, but I think it's the idea of being reflective and being mindful of the things that happened to you that day. Um, because once you sort of become mindful about all the things that have happened to you and you reflect in your, you, again, in our previous episode, we talked about gratitude. Being mindful can also being, uh, can look like practicing gratitude at the end of the day because you're acknowledging the good and the bad that happened and you're being grateful. But for me, so like I said, I'll meditate morning, night, really whenever. And you simply have to find something that works for you and don't make it too complicated. Make it very simple. Five minutes at the beginning of the day, build there. If you're new, start there. Five minutes is fine. And then you can work up to 10, 15, 20, whatever you feel is best for you. Yeah. And I think it's important to mention um, those goals, part of being mindful and, you know, having that sense of self is realizing, you know, not only what is going to work best for me, but what outcome is the one that's most desirable. Um, for me, that often looks like um, me prioritizing the things I need to do in my day. I often find myself quite busy, as, you know, many people do, um, whether it was school back in the past few months or work now or a social situation or, you know, training my dog or any, anything above, I would find myself busy. And so I found it was important to prioritize what the right things were and value what the right things were. And I think it's funny, Epictetus has an exact quote on this where he says that we need to regularly stop and take stock to sit down and determine within ourselves which things are worth valuing and which are not. And there's not a lot of interpretation necessary for this quote. It's pretty plain. We need to sit down at certain points and determine, you know, is what I'm doing today valuable? Is it prioritizing the right things? And that's just my personal goal. Mm -hmm. and that's the outcome that I usually want to achieve. And so that's what I go into um, whatever medita meditative session I go into. That's usually the goal I have. And, well, I think it's a good goal. It may not work for everybody, but that's just something that I've noticed is that if you're somebody who's a busy person and you even find trouble blocking off that time, take those five minutes and reflect on what you need to prioritize, what's most valuable, because then your day doesn't seem as busy because you know, okay, you know, from here to here, I'm going to be doing this, mm -hmm. but I know that's valuable. So that's fine. From here to here, I'm going to be doing this other thing also valuable. And so you prioritize correctly. You find the value in things. And so you maximize the value of your day, therefore. And I, I know you said about journaling, you know, you don't really journal as much, right? I mean, it's not something you've, you're big on anyway. It's not super popular. Um, but I like to say, you know, this is, I, as a student, I've experienced this a lot. Sometimes you just, you get so much in your head, so many things that you have to remember, or it seems like you're just overwhelmed. This is a form of meditation, is writing down all the things you have to do and putting them from this idea, this realm of ideas and putting them into the physical world on paper so you can see it, you can feel it, you can touch it, whatever. And once you sort of put these ideas on paper in the physical world and you can see them and they now exist that clears your mind for me it, it always makes things better even if I just see what I have to do it's better than sort of trying to remember all the time the things I have to do instead of just being able to look at them visually personally I'm a visual person I need right. to see things yeah. to understand them but that, that that itself is a form of meditation and being reflective and being mindful is the things you have to do, write them down at the beginning of the day, the things you want to get done. Because that alone, you're being mindful of the task that you have to complete. And I know you said, 
with that quote from Epictetus, like we want to be living a life that's meaningful. We want to be living a life and the actions that we live day by day are aligning with our values and our morals. So if you sit down and write down even just the things you have to do, then you can ask yourself, well, are these the things that are going to get me where I want to be? Is this who I am? Do these align with the things I preach, the things I think? Um, but yeah, I, even that is a very simple form of being reflective. So don't overthink it is my advice. Well, and I think that it speaks to the fact that we're two very different people. Um, you said you're a visual learner. I'm also a visual learner, but visual learning for me takes place like in my imagination, in my mind, not, you know, on paper. And I think that that's why it's a perfect, perfect topic for us to talk about is that we both have realized the importance of meditation, but it looks very different for us. And I think that that just is how it goes. Um, but for those out there who maybe want more tools, um, another thing that I've, you know, read people do or I've actually heard from people doing as part of their meditative experience is negative visualization, which is basically in your mind, you imagine your life without people who are important to you or maybe people who you take for granted or things you take for granted, right? As humans, especially in America, we take so many things for granted throughout our day-to-day -day lives. So sitting down and imagining your life without them makes you value them more, right? If the goal of meditation for you is to properly assess value or prioritize or realize what's important in your day, imagine your day without them. And, you know, some things you're going to realize, okay, well, I don't need that. Um, and some things you're going to realize, okay, maybe I'm undervaluing it or I'm underappreciating that person. So that's another thing I've heard of. Um, I personally don't do this often, but it's another tool I've heard of. And I think it's something that, you know, you can try. And that's part of meditation as well is that, like you said, just start somewhere with five minutes, but also try a bunch of different things, right? Um, maybe one thing works and one thing doesn't. And then the third thing you try is the best thing for you. You got to try a bunch of things before you find the right combination. That goes with anything in life and meditation, especially. Well, and the point that you made that we are both practicers, uh, pra we both practice meditation, it just looks different, is the perfect example, like a real life example to back up our claim that it, meditation will look different for everybody. We're two, we think very similarly um, in terms of, you know, our, like virtue and morals and all that, but the way we sort of practice things because of the way we in think individually is the reason it looks different and so if you ever ask yourself am i doing this right well does it feel right that's the answer is if it feels right too and if you feel a difference a positive difference and things are starting to look better and again it's important to note that just after one day of meditating you won't necessarily notice a difference it takes at least for me i've noticed that it takes about a week ish a few like five to seven days to really start seeing even little changes but then the more you're consistent and the more you have like a routinely scheduled planned out meditation schedule um that's when you'll start to see bigger changes is once you've been at it for longer periods of time so that's also in my opinion a reason why people don't or don't stay consistent with meditation is because they try it for a few days don't really see any differences and they're like oh this doesn't really work but like anything, it takes a little bit of time to sort of for your mind to realize what's going on and for you to become better at meditating. I think, I don't think it's um, a fallacy to say that some people are better than meditating at others because the more in touch with yourself that you become 
it's a lot easier to sort of understand what you need and how you can get there through meditation. So staying consistent and understanding that it takes time to become uh, a, a practitioner of meditation and to become very good at what you do and build that development and relationship with yourself is it's going to take some time, but it always pays off. Well, and there's an accountability piece um, that we kind of haven't talked about. You build that routine, right? And you want to get that scheduled, but that means you have to be accountable for yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard. Um, You know, the gym, which I mentioned, like, it seems like every single episode Mm -hmm. now, but like you can have gym partners who hold you accountable. You can't really have a meditation partner. It doesn't really work like that. So there's a bunch of tools, and that's where I'm going with this, is that if you find that it's hard to be accountable and meet that daily schedule, there's a bunch of tools out there. There's a bunch of meditation apps. Um, Two that I specifically found that are even Stoic-related are the Stoic Mental Health Journal, which is an iOS app. It's for iPhones. Or Daily Stoic Exercises, which is for Android users. Two apps that um, help with your daily Stoic journaling, or, you know, just guide you with quotes and things like that. There are tools like that that are so commonplace on app stores and on your technology. You know, we've talked all the time about how, like, we use our phones too much, but this would actually be a good use for your phone. It helps you remain accountable. And I actually used the Stoic Mental Health Journal for a little bit when I was struggling to maintain that responsibility and accountability. And it, um, even though it was a journal, it helped me stay on track because it helps you um, it guides you throughout the process and helps you reminds you that you know okay I need to take time to be a little bit mindful today even if you know you had a stressful busy day it helps you find the time for that and I think that there's so many tools like that that I won't mention today these are just two specific ones that I'll mention that yet again if you try them out you'll find one that works for you and so if you're somebody who struggles with that accountability is like well you know meditation sounds great but I don't know if I can find the time to do that every single day utilize a tool like that you know, you can't have a meditation partner, but you can certainly have meditation tools. And if you miss a date, I mean, don't beat yourself up. It's about consistency. It's not about being perfect. I mean, I don't think anybody who meditates ever can do it 100% of their schedule. I mean, there's going to be a day or two that you miss, and that's fine. But again, sort of relating to back to our episode about perfectionism, it's not about being perfect and having a 100% attendance record with that it's about being consistent so the more you build that consistency with yourself the better it's going to look and you've mentioned a few tools I'll add one that I use uh, when I actually sit down cross my legs and sort of close my eyes is it's called insight timer and the reason I use it is because I'd rather be awakened from a meditative state with um, like a bell or like a some sort of sound that isn't um, an apple alarm clock and scares me and that really disrupts that peacefulness that I'm experiencing. So it's sort of a timer that you can set it for however long you want, and then it'll ring slowly and peacefully, and it's a lot more pleasant to sort of awaken yourself out of that meditative state. I think it's iOS and Android. I'm not sure, but check it out if you are interested And that's in another something. thing. Um, it's not really as important as you know what you're thinking and what meditation looks like, but background music also I think is important. It's true. And I mention that because... Um, I know we've had discussions around this. What I found, yeah, yeah. what I found is really good, really good for meditation. Halo theme music. Oh. Yeah, it's monks. Yeah, and it's it's so peaceful. Yeah. Like um, for me, I played Halo as a child, so like it brings me back to like that peaceful state as well. Mm-hmm. And I know many people might have exper- might experience the same thing. So 
that's my recommendation mm. you can take it or leave it sure that's an additional tool it's like just like the background music if you ever need to find yourself like in that meditative state i remember the you telling me music. about that it's it's paid dividends you know i meditated for about a month without it and just like in silence and i was like you know this is good but let's amp it up and so yeah. i i um tried a bunch of like you know like massage like playlists and then i found sure. the halo music and i was like well this brings me back and it's yeah. peaceful so and once again you're you have to optimize your environment right like people may find peace and people find peace in the weirdest things and so you've got your own style roll with it if it if it works for you then go for it mm-hmm. it's a lot better than you not taking the time to reflect and ultimately not being somebody who has that presence of self and isn't as mindful as others you know if i give an overall theme to this episode it's that meditation is necessary for you to be a stoic because it means that you're mindful mm-hmm. and stoics were very mindful of the things that went on in their lives how they reacted to them and how they handled their emotions and so you can't be stoic without being mindful right and where does mindfulness most come from? Meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be a mindful person without it, but meditation is really where you hone that skill. Right. And so if you want to become a well-rounded stoic, you hone that skill through meditation. And so I think that's why it's important to talk about today. And I personally don't really have anything to add. I mean, I know you said you listen to Halo music. I can't say I've done that yet. I think I'd be certainly interested to try it, but I do... Uh, I turn on a frequency in the background. It, there's many different types of frequencies that are good for different things. Um, you know, you have letting go of anxiety and fear frequencies, or you have attract frequencies, whatever. That's what I use. However, I'll kind of reiterate your point. It's better to do something that works for you and that seems sort of silly, but who who's going to be looking at you when you're meditating and be like, there's no way this dude's listening to Halo theme music right now. If it works for you, it works for you. And if you're becoming uh, more in touch with your inner self and your spirituality as a whole and being more reflective and mindful, then who cares? It's not about the way you do it. It's about how it makes you feel and the things that you gain from it. So, again, it's going to look different for everybody. It looks different for you and I, clearly. Um, And that's just fine because it's what works for you. So, no, I think with that being said... This has been episode 19 of the Gen Z Stoic Podcast. Um, We covered meditation. And ultimately, let us know. If you try try Halo theme music, let me know, because I'm very interested to see if it pays off for other people. Just let let both of us know, because I want to know if it works for other people. I've been your co-host, Ren. I'm your co-host, Mateo. And thanks for listening, as always.